worship. And I just say again that I believe in God. I believe God created the heavens and the earth by His great power. I believe that He parted the Red Sea when the children of Israel needed to be saved. I believe He used a little shepherd boy to defeat a mighty giant. I believe that God has been with His people and that He knew that we needed to be forgiven of our sins. So I believe that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. And I believe He died on the cross, but He rose again. And that is why we worship. That's why I get excited. And I know we all have different personalities and different experiences. And I appreciate that you allow me to, to get excited in the church and to be excited in the building. And I, I get excited about serving Jesus and worshiping Him. I love Him with all of my heart. He died on the cross for my sins, my mistakes, the, the times when I hurt people, the times where I was not godly. Jesus has forgiven me. So I have to give Him thanks. I have to give Him praise. I have to worship Him. And even if He didn't do any of that, I believe He created all things. I believe He is God Almighty. He is worthy to be praised. And we give Him all of the glory this morning. And I believe that let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I want to use my breath to worship God. I want to use my breath to honor Him and to give Him all of the glory. I do kind of want to have, I do somewhat have a response from what's been taking place in our country this past week. I don't believe it's our job to ignore what takes place in our world. I believe it's important that we're focused on the Lord, we're focused on preaching the gospel, but we've got to be aware of what's taking place in our world. Many times, the Bible, and I'm going to be sharing a scripture verse, and the first verse I'm going to share with you gives a, a worldly report. It says what's happening in the world. And so I believe it's important for us to, to understand what's taking place in our world, and what's specifically our country. And again, I'm not here, and I don't think I've ever done this, and if I ever do, I'm asking you to hold me responsible. I'm not here to promote a political party or a political agenda. I'm not here to share my opinion, but it's my desire to give you God's Word with application to that, and that application I remain accountable to you. But I just want to lift up the name of Jesus. But my mor this morning's message, I believe, is a response to what's happening in our country. And I believe what's happening in our country, it's making it clear the gospel of Jesus Christ for me. As we were singing this song, and as we were giving him all of the glory and all of the praise, I, I was thinking about what was happening in the world. One of the instances in the Bible that I started thinking about was Stephen. In Acts chapter 6, we see Stephen, Stephen, just a leader in the church, not necessarily a pastor, not an ordained minister, but he was like a deacon. He was like one of your leadership council. He was like one of your ushers. He was just a servant in the church. But he was being persecuted for telling people about Jesus, and they began to stone him to death. But while he was being stoned to death, the Bible says that the heavens opened and he saw Jesus standing by the Father. And I believe the more difficult life becomes, the more evil our world becomes, for me, the gospel becomes clearer. I've shared that 
thought before with you. I believe, and I've shared this thought, but I'm just going to share it again. I believe when Michelle Clemick shares scripture verses, those verses become clearer to me. They become more concrete because here is a woman who's going through a difficult time, and yet she can declare the truth of the gospel. It becomes clear to me. And so when I see the chaos around us, when I see what the news is reporting, the gospel becomes clear to me. So let me share with you this morning's message. And what is clear to me today is that, and the title of my message this morning is called Selfless, Selfless Devotion. What is clear to me and what I understand, this country needs selfless devotion. Jesus said that the world will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. Now, I believe singing is important. That's why we sing. But Jesus said, the world's not going to know that you're my disciples by your singing. I believe preaching is important. But you know what? Jesus never said in that particular verse, preach and people will know that you're my disciples. Jesus said, by loving each other, the world will know you are my disciples. That's the focus of that message. And what's clear to me is that we need, as a church, we need to be selflessly devoted to each other. And what that will cause, when we, when we can be devoted to one another without selfishness, it's going to allow us to love the world the same way. And I can tell you this, I am selflessly devoted to the United States of America. I love my country. I love the freedoms that we have. I love the, the, the things that God allows us to enjoy. I love our country. And I'm going to be devoted to this country with all of my heart. And so I need to selflessly be devoted. So in Ruth chapter 1, I, I shared with you that. I'm just going to share one verse with you. And again, notice that there's a worldly report. There's some news that the writer of Ruth gives. And in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, it just simply says, In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. So here's the news report. There's a famine in the land. It's not looking good. There's something bad that's taking place. And so people are being, being moved. People are having to make decisions. We have to take care of our home. We have to take care of our lives. We have to feed our children. We've got to do something. There's no food here. And again, we're facing this in America. People are losing their jobs. People are getting sick. People are dying. People are angry. People are upset. And so there's, there's movement in our country. And a lot of this movement is based on, as a result of some negative circumstances. Now, what I want to point out to you in that first phrase, it says, in the days when the judges ruled. If you've ever read the book of Judges, it can be depressing and concerning. I hope it's at least very, very concerning to you when you read the book of Judges because people were being selfish in the book of Judges. 
spiritual leaders were being selfish in the book of Judges. I want to share just one verse with you from the book of Judges, but you, please, if you want to hold me accountable, read the entire book this week, and you will see that it wasn't just one verse, but I'm just going to give you one verse. Judges chapter 21, verse 1, and the New Living Translation says this, The Israelites had vowed at Mizpah, We will never give our daughters in marriage to a man from the tribe of Benjamin. Does that sound like a selfish statement? Yes. Let me declare to you, that was a selfish statement. Read the story. It's a very difficult story to read. It's, a, it's, it's several chapters of reading. And at this point, their, their solution, it was a, there was a problem. And one of the solutions that the leaders of Israel had was this solution. In order to fix this problem, we just want you to know this is what we're not going to do. And what they were saying is, we're going to be selfish. We're going to hold back something that's, that's ours. We're going to hold on to that. And in our country today, I believe people are being selfish. And I want to encourage you through this message to not be selfish. If you want to stand and be a light in darkness, then be committed. I'm going to be selfless and I'm going to be devoted. I'm going to selflessly devote myself. If you want to be a difference maker, let that be the cry of your heart. I'm going to refuse selfishness. Even though it's in our nature, and some of you out there, and I've met you, this you, you are the farthest thing from it. It really takes a lot out of you to be self-selfish. But I, I have confessed before, I have recognized in my life when I went through a time in my life where I went back in my life and specifically replayed my relationship with my earthly father, and I replayed my whole life, there was no doubt what came uh, clear on my screen was that my default is to be selfish. That I start thinking about myself when, especially if there's a problem, I start thinking, well, how can I help myself? And so I've asked God for many, many years to keep working on me to be selfless. And I want to encourage you today to be selfless. Now, Ruth, she came, she was like a breath of fresh air. If you read the book of Judges, it's filled with selfish people and people who acted upon that selfishness. But then all of a sudden, here comes this young lady. She had a different approach to life. Now, I want to share some of the story with you, so, so bear with me. If you have your Bible, you, I hope you can keep it open to Ruth chapter 1. We have the verses. But I need to share this story again. I know you're very familiar with it, but allow me just to read. I want to read uh, about 10 verses. Uh, from verse, starting with verse 3. It says this, Then Eliamech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Opa, the other married a, a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone with her two sons or, and her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. 
With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness that your husbands, uh, to your husbands and to me, for the kindness that you've shown to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. And she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' home, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, if I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. Let me ask you this question this morning. And ask yourself this question, actually. Am I helping the hurting? Am I helping the hurting? There's a lot in this story, but I want to I want to be like Ruth this morning, and I want to just focus in for just a moment on Naomi. I want to focus on this woman who is going through a lot of pain and suffering. She's lost her husband. Lost her two sons. She's dealing with a famine in the land, and now she hears that there's food back home. So maybe now she's going to have to leave what she's been building up for over a decade in Moab, and now she's going to pick up, and now she's going to go back home, not knowing what's going to happen there. So there's doubt and there's worry, there's anxiety all over this woman. There's all sorts of problems that she is facing, and like Ruth this morning. Just want to focus in on Naomi. Just want to say, what can I do to help her? And that's exactly what I think was taking place. Is that uh, Ruth was looking at her, and you, you 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 heard the story. She was. They began to weep and they began to cry. And again, in that moment of crying, they realized, no, 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 I can't leave you. In this country and in today's day, what I do not want to see lost are the hurting people in our country. There are hurting people that you and I pass by and confront every day. Just the other day, uh, my neighbor, I was, I was communicating and talking with him, and, and there was, he, he shared with me some difficulty, and I told him, I'm praying for you. I want to I help you. And he says, I need that prayer. And I prayed right there and then for him. I want to encourage you. There are hurting people all around us. Let's not forget them. Let's not forget our the hurting kids. Let's not forget the hurting teenagers. Let's not forget about the hurting single moms. Let's not forget about the hurting dads. Let's not forget about these people who have lost their jobs and the people whose family members are in the hospital and they can't go visit them. Let's not forget about the hurting people in our country. That is what God has called us to do. And I want to ask you that, that you would ask yourself, am I helping somebody that's hurting directly? 
I pray we're all doing it indirectly. Thank you for giving this morning. And you can give online, and I thank you for doing that. You're, you're, you're helping us to be a blessing to those in need. And, and you're, thank you for those who've given to the van. We're going to be delivering that soon uh, to, the, to the Dream Center and to the women's, specifically the women's program at the farm. Thank you for doing that. That is important. But we also just need to be a direct blessing. Words from our mouth to another human being. Hands to be able to help them to deliver groceries or whatever people need. Am I hurting them? Am I helping the hurting? And I believe Ruth was somebody that was like, I'm going to forget about everything else. And I'm going to help this person who is hurting and, you know, listen to the words of Naomi. She says, the Lord's against me. Now, you know, if you want to spend a couple of hours and talk about some deep theological studies, let's talk about this. Who's hurting Naomi? Well, I'm not going to spend a couple of hours. It would be great. And let's, let's take me out to, to, for hot chocolate. I don't drink coffee, but take me out to hot chocolate. And let's, let's discuss this. Who's hurting Naomi here? Naomi says, the Lord is hurting me. But you know what, Ruth, she didn't get into a theological discussion about who's hurting Naomi. She said, I'm going to help her. I don't care who's hurting her. I'm not going to hurt her more. I'm going to do something about it. And I know it's important to have theological discussions. Let's have those. Let's build each other up. Let's challenge each other. Let's sit down and talk about God's word with each other. I love that. I want to do that. But this morning, I want us to not forget about those who are hurting. Let's just take the gospel and let's just share the love with one another. And that's what Ruth decided to do. Let's, let me just a few more verses. Let me finish this story out. Uh, verse 14 says, And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to Naomi, uh, clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. She said nothing more. And she saw her determination, her selfless devotion. She was determined to help Naomi, and there was nothing that was going to stop Ruth. I pray that that's the heart of this church. There is nothing that's going to stop us from helping people, from loving people, from sharing truth, from sharing the gospel. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to discourage me. Nothing's going to prevent me from loving people. I don't care what political party you're a part of. I will love you. I don't care where you're from or what you've gone through, what you have. I will love you. Ruth has challenged us and she's challenging me this morning to commit myself to loving people no matter what. And in just that thought alone, imagine what our country would be like. 
Imagine what the news would have to report if people would start standing up and saying, I'm going to love you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to serve you no matter what. Quit pushing me away. Quit trying to put a wedge between us. Quit trying to put a wall between us. I'm not going to believe in that wall. I'm going to climb the wall if I have to. I'm going to love you no matter what. That's what this country in this day and age, read the book of Judges, and you will say, and I know I can tell you, there, that picture in Judges is here in America. People are being selfish. People are hurting one another. People are disobeying God's commandments. People are rejecting God, and they're rejecting people. They're pushing people away. They're looking for, they're not looking for commonality. They're looking, what's different about you? Oh, that's what's different about you. I don't like you. I don't want to listen to you. I don't want you in my life. I don't, I don't want to hear what you have to say because you think different than me. You don't see the way the world, the way I see the world. That's what's destroying our country. How about we say, you know what? I don't see it the same way as you do, but how about we, let's still love each other. And maybe we can have a nice conversation about it. Let's, let me share with you from God's Word how I feel about that. But at the end of the day, I want us to... There's, just, there's, a, there's a lot of hurting people in America and they're being forgotten about. And I think that's something that we just all as Americans need to agree upon. People need help. And I want you to join in with me. I want you to help me. Help me preach this gospel. Help me to share the Word of God. Let me just give you just some three simple thoughts. Number one, I, I just want to share with you, make decisions with other people in mind. Make decisions with other people in mind. I believe Ruth made a decision, and she said, you know what, I need to think about Naomi. I know what I need to do, and Naomi's clearly communicating what I need to do. I need to leave her, I need to go find a family, and I need to take care of myself. Okay, I get that. But let me, for a moment, let me add Naomi to that equation. She puts Naomi in the equation, she says, I can't do that. We need to start putting other people in mind. What we are so good at in America is telling people what we think. But we never put the other person in that equation. I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that thinks about what they, what they want to say to me. I want to encourage you again, as I've shared, I love accountability. And I've had people come and talk with me to hold me accountable. And you know what? I've, I've received it from them. Why? It's because I know as they're sharing with me, they're thinking about me. So we can still share truth with people, but let's think about it. Think about them. I'm not asking us to candy coat the gospel. I'm not asking us to say, hey, everybody, guess what? Uh, I love you and you can do whatever you want. No. Jesus said, she told me, he told the adulterous woman, I forgive you. I don't condemn you. But quit doing it. But go and sin no more. But he did it in love. He kept her in mind when he said those words. People need to know that you have them in mind when you say something. Do people know that? Do people think, and think about your words. Think about what you've said. After you've said it, think about this week and the things you've said. Can people think, oh yeah, they were thinking about me. I need to receive that. Or people are like, they weren't even thinking about me when they said that. They just wanted to be selfish. 
think about other people. The next one, stay committed through the hard times. Stay committed. Don't give up on people. I'm not giving up on this country. I'm not giving up on any Democrat. I'm not giving up on any Republican. I'm not giving up on the president. I'm not giving up on my senators. I'm not giving up on my congresswomen and congressmen. I'm not giving up on any judges. I'm not giving up on them. I'm going to love them, and I'm going to pray for them. And if I can help them, guess what? I'm going to help them. I'm not giving up, even though this is really hard and really difficult. I'm going to be devoted to people. I'm going to be like Ruth. And Ruth was looking at Naomi. She's like, Naomi, let's, let's, just, let's just be real. Naomi, you're a mess. Your world's a mess. I'm going to stay. And of course, you know, again, one of the applications that needs to be said here is marriage. The statistics are still 50% of marriages end in divorce. Why? Because we're not committed through the hard times. We need to be committed to each other. This church, we need to be committed to each other. I want you to know I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you with all of my heart. I'm committed to you with all of my soul. I'm committed to loving you and praying for you. I am committed to you. That you will never be able to uh, say, well, I don't know about that. And if that's true, then come talk with me. Because I am committed to you. We need to be, this world needs to know this church. And they, this world needs to know beyond that. They need to know you are committed to them. Your boss needs to know you're committed to them. Your supervisor needs to know you're committed to them. Again, if you have some, if you have a complaint, do it in love and talk with them. But let them know you're committed to them. Our kids need to know that we're committed to them. Stay committed through the hard times. And finally, live to bring joy to others. If you continue to read the story of uh, the book of Ruth, there's only four four chapters, if you read uh, the end of the story, you will see that uh, Ruth has a child. God blesses her. She has a child. And you get this impression in the language of, uh, that you're reading. The Bible says that Naomi received that child, and the Bible says it this way, that she cared for that child as if it was her own. So in essence, Ruth was like, here you go. This is what you are wanting. Here. Again, I've talked about this before. Women in those days, their greatest joy was to give birth to a son. And yet Ruth was like, yeah, the, the very thing that gives me joy, the very thing that brings satisfaction to me, the very thing that makes me complete. Again, I'm talking about this day and age. Don't lose what I'm saying. It's in this day and age that Ruth, like, most, like every other woman in that day and age in Israel, was like, this is what gives me joy, having a son. But Naomi, here you go. I want to see you happy. I want to see you smiling. I want to see the joy return to you. And I think sometimes in our country, people are wanting other people to fail. I never want a president of the United States to fail. I never want a senator in the United States to fail. I never want to see a judge fail. I pray for them. I still, Pastor Mark, I have, I have prayer lists. I pray for our president. I pray for our congressman uh, from Illinois and our senators from Illinois. And I pray for the Supreme Court. I don't want them to fail. I want them to know Jesus. 
I want to them I want them to experience his love and power. So my prayer is specific. Absolutely. That that is my desire. That that is what I do pray for them. And I almost get the idea that people are out there that are they're just waiting for somebody to say the wrong thing. And we know, let's let's talk reality. What is our what's out there on the news or what's out there on the media? Everything that's wrong that people say is out there. You know, I see it time and time again, and I, you know, I saw, I, I love sports, and I saw, you know, a sports one come up where somebody said something and they shouldn't have said it, and she had to delete her Twitter account. Why? Because people are looking for somebody to fail. I want them to fail, because if they fail, that makes me feel better. If they fail, then I've got a story to tell. If they fail, then I succeed. No. No. That's not the attitude that Ruth had. Ruth was like, no, if you fail, I fail, so I'm sticking, I'm sticking with you to the very end, Naomi. I'm with you. I'm going to be there, and, and if there's any joy that I get from life, I'm going to give it to you because we're in this together. It's not Ruth's life and Naomi's life. It's our life. I just want the Spirit of God to begin to touch our lives. First here as a church, we are a family. And I want every one of you to succeed. And I pray that you would want the same for me. And I pray that for you. I want you to succeed. I want God to bless you. I want God to provide for you. I want His Word to be alive in you. I want His Word guiding you. That's why I've been encouraging you and will continue to encourage you to read the Bible and pray every day of your life. Because the Word of God and prayer is what will guide you, is what will help you, is what will give you strength and protection. That's why, that's why I keep saying that, that that's, that's why it's so important to me that I know you're reading your Bible, because if you are, I know God is with you. I know you have His wisdom inside of you. I know you have His Spirit with you if you're praying. I want you to succeed. I want, I want everybody that I run into today to succeed. There's not a person in this planet that I want to see suffer. I want to be like Ruth. I'm going to invite the worship team uh, to come back up. I want to share uh, with you, I have a burden that, and I have a practical application to it. Next week, starting on Monday, January 18th, I want us to have a, a week, so just to give you a week to prepare, I, I know I'm just now sharing this with you, but this gives you a week to prepare, and uh, you'll be getting, hopefully you can go through our emails, and, and uh, of course next Sunday maybe I'll give a little bit more detail, but I want us to have a week where we pray and fast, and the bare minimum that I'm asking you, because, you know, again, I'm new to the church, I don't know what you know about fasting, but I'm going to at least ask you to at least fast one meal. It's biblical when you give up food so that you can focus on God. So if lunchtime is the best time for you to do that, next week, starting Monday, I'm going to ask you, don't eat. If you're going to feel hunger pains, but you're going to have the Word of God in prayer, and God's going to be with you. And our country needs that. Our country needs us willing to sacrifice. A part of selfless devotion is, I'm willing to sacrifice, and that's why fasting is, is so important, uh, biblically. It teaches us to give something up that we want to help somebody else. I want to be like Ruth this morning. And again, I, I, we're going to be sharing more uh, with you about that. But you know, starting next Monday, so 
a week from tomorrow through the next Sunday. And now if you can fast all day, do that. I encourage you, you know, to prepare your bodies for that, to prepare yourself for that. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions about that, I'm open to receive you those. That's starting next Monday, uh, January 18th. Would you stand with me? Father, I just want your spirit of love to move in our hearts. Lord, would you remove any idea from us that's selfish? Remove anything, any thoughts, any habits, any words, anything, God, that at the center of it is selfish. I pray that you would remove it from our hearts and replace it with your selfless love. And I would pray, God, that you would replace it, that the love that Ruth had, that we would also have. And I believe if that love is extended to our community around us, we will see, we will see your love being poured out. We will see a city transformed. We'll see a state being healed. We'll see a country finding hope. I believe that, Lord. So I just ask each and every one here this morning just to receive as we continue to worship you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit.